Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Welcome to Walkers and Talkers, episode 219. I'm David Brody from Elvis Strand in the Morning Show, and that is Jamie from Light FM. Hi, Jamie. Hello, how are you? We are recording this on Friday the 13th, which I guess is, uh, I don't know, means something to some people. Are You're not someone who believes in that crap, are you? Um, No, not really. I kind of like Friday the 13th, and it's my birthday tomorrow, so I'm, I'm in a good mood. It's, it's a good week. I was going to say that it's your birthday. I was going to give you props. Your, bir- your birthday is <laughs> May 14th. Yes. Depending on when you hear this, please wish Jamie a happy birthday at the talking Jamie on Instagram <laughs> and Twitter. And go ahead and wish her happy birthday on at walkers underscore talkers. Oh, thank you. And if you want to wish me a belated happy birthday from January <laughs> at David Brody, you're more than welcome to do that. <laughs> All right, let's get right into it. We got a weekend to kick off and I need to get this thing edited and up. Boy, uh, Jamie, the, the episode's called Sunny Boy. Did you like it? Um, I did like it. It was good. It was okay. Uh, yeah, like, like, it was great. It was decent. It was fine. It was uh, less it, <laughs> I mean, it's, it wasn't the best, but it was okay. Uh, here's my theory up front. I don't think Fear the Walking Dead is going to last past season eight. I'm kind of agreeing with you on that. <laughs> I know the network picked it up. I think that either people are jumping ship because the creativity on that show is losing it and, yeah. and people want off or they really only have a year left maybe or they're cutting budget and they're getting rid of the expensive people. I mean, not that Charlie's expensive, but you now have Charlie on death's door. Uh, a big name died this week. We'll get to mm-hmm. it. I- I'll-, I'll give my opinion on the death this week, but people are dying. Who Like we knew he was going to die because he, he told us he was dying. So yeah. Yeah, he went out in a blaze of glory, I guess in slow motion. Oh um, yeah. <laughs> again, nobody's getting eaten by accident. They're all sort of setting themselves up. And I, I've got some major bullshit to call on the protective gear. So we'll get to that. But I, <laughs> okay. overall, I thought the episode was, ah, I, I mean, it was nice to yeah, see. Yeah, it's okay. It's always nice when the right people die. So that's good. All right. The episode, Sunny Boy, starts off with John. I'm not going to call him John Sr. anymore because John Jr. is dead. Spoiler. Just John. Okay. Uh, John is practicing a speech he wants to give to Victor. And he's uh, reciting it to June. He's going to tell Strand that he needs a new right-hand man. That a leader is only as strong as his second in command. Uh, and as he's talking to June, you see a montage of Victor's men going through people's rooms, ripping open mattresses, looking under drawers, looking for walkie-talkies, which they find in a bunch of people's rooms. No explanation as how they got there, how they got all these walkie-talkies inside the building. Why bother explaining anything, right? So this 
relatively young woman. Maybe she's in her 30s. I don't know. Uh, they found a walkie-talkie in her room. So rather than ask her about it, maybe it was planted. Maybe, you know, she found it. Whatever reason, Strand is paranoid. He thinks it's part of a coup plot to overthrow him. Uh. And they throw this poor woman off the roof. Oh, my God. It was so awful to watch. Why is there no jail cell? Why is there no option to put someone in a cell until you find the truth out? Seriously, it's instant death over the roof. Over the roof. You're out. Oh. And he's holding the baby as these people die, which I thought was extra awful. Sick. So John just stands there and watches all these people go over, one after the other. Howard's throwing people, Howard and one of the henchmen are throwing people off the roof, one after the other, one after the other. Anyone who had a walkie-talkie's going over the side. So June tells John the speech is not going to work because Strand likes Howard too much, and Howard is a yes man. He says Hmm. Strand has been paranoid since Morgan poisoned him, and there might be a resistance forming, and that's why he's cracking down on everybody. So uh, this might be my chance to like get him while he's paranoid. Yeah. Charlie calls from the other room for help, and she looked like shit. Charlie looked like, I mean, she looked like she had a bad sunburn, but she's she's dying, and it, and it's a slow, ugly death for her. Oh yeah, it's not good. Oof. And again, you know, she killed Nick. Spoiler, uh, she killed Nick, but. I don't know. I mean, I, she seemed okay at the end. She's now that she's older, and she, you know everybody kills yeah, everybody. She did, so she she turned around a little bit. Yeah. All right. Anyway, John is convinced he can get through to Victor and change him. And June says, "No, you can't. Your son tried to change Virginia. That didn't work out very well." A soldier comes in the room and says they found another walkie. This time it's in Howard's room. John says, "I didn't put it there, but hey, look, this is my chance, right? Howard's going to look bad. I can weasel my way into Victor's good graces." Sneaky sneak. So John goes to see Victor in his office and he gives him the speech that we heard him practicing. And the next thing you see, they're up on the roof and two men are holding Howard over the ledge. Strand is prepared to throw him overboard because he had a walkie in his room as if like that's the be all end all, right? Seriously. (laughs) Howard is screaming, this place is everything to me. I would never betray you. Somebody planted the walkie. (laughs) So I knew at that point he didn't do it. I mean, he, it's not his walkie-talkie. But more importantly, he's Howard, right? It was his building originally. What would be the crime of having a walkie-talkie? He's upper management. He's the right-hand yeah. man. He's why, top tier. Why would it be a problem for him having... I don't understand why it would be a problem for him to have a walkie-talkie. What would be the big deal? And, and, and get this. If you're in charge of your men searching the building for walkie-talkies, why would you leave one in your own room? You wouldn't. Or you tell Strand... Hey, just so you know, I've got a walkie-talkie. i got a piece of tape on it. It's mine. It's, yeah, heads it's, up. It's for when you and I talk. Oh, okay, not a problem. The whole thing made no sense. Why, why would anyone believe you? And, and Victor and Howard have built this tower together for what, six months, whatever it's been? From scratch. Howard has done everything to show his loyalty. First of all, he saved Strand's life. He let him live in the tower. He's mm-hmm. been, he fed him gourmet meals. He made him the ruler of the tower. He, he let, How- let Strand take the power from him. He's killed people for for Strand. He's living the life as the second in charge. Why would he want to overthrow Strand? It doesn't make any sense. And I know Strand is paranoid, but why would you be paranoid that the guy closest to you, who's been the most loyal, just because he has a walkie-talkie in his room, put him in a jail. Put him in a jail cell. So Strand says, regardless of how the walkie-talkie got there, I can't believe a word you say. What what does that mean? My God. If the walkie-talkie was planted there, why, yeah. would you, why would you not be able to believe him? Oh, Lord. <laughs> he says, I need proof that you're, you're on my side and says, John's going to get me proof. 
how do you prove someone's loyalty? The guy already proved his loyalty for the last six months, whatever. Yeah. The phone rings and John answers it and says, Strand, we have bad news. The baby is missing. So Howard says, let me find the baby. And Strand says, I don't trust you. And then Howard says, well, let me prove to you you can trust me and have rangers follow me everywhere. Strand says, all right, go find the baby by sunrise or I'll finish what we started and throw you off the roof. Oh boy. Again, I don't, okay. It doesn't make any sense. Strand and John have a little heart-to-heart conversation. Strand says he wants John to go after the baby and find her and that he's betting on John. He says, I know the Dory spirit. We saw your son make a raft out of an old truck to find June. I know you can do it. This tower is bigger than both of us, but it's my legacy. (laughs) John says, well, your legacy can slip away from you if you don't do things the right way. Too many people are getting hurt and they don't need to. I too did the wrong thing for the right reason and it haunted me. Ooh. (laughs) Ooh. (laughs) John interrogates everyone, including June. And she cracks like an egg and confesses to John that Morgan won't attack the tower as long as the baby is there. But if the baby is gone, Strand would lose all leverage. And John says, so it's true. There is a resistance. And you're part of it. And June says, the less you know, the better. She was an easy crack. Yeah. Just, like, <laughs> I, can, I can trust you. Shh. Just distract Howard. So John realizes now that Howard is not part of it, at least part of the resistance. At least that's what, at this point in the show, we're led to believe. Yes. He, he asks her... If she planted the walkie. And she says, no, it wasn't me. So at that point, did you think it was, who did you think it was who planted the walkie? I thought it was either June or John. Somebody was lying. Right. And June would have confessed to it. So I, I think it, she would because she cracks so easily. Right. So I knew it had to be John. John had the most to gain by planting the walkie. Yes. Yes. Absolutely most. So when she walks away, he notices the bottom of her feet are wet because she's leaving tracks along the floor. So he, mm-hmm. he knows wherever she's been, she's been somewhere where it's been wet. John tells Howard, by the way, just so you know, I'm also helping to look for the baby. And John starts interrogating him and asks him about his family. Because Strand said he had a wife and a kid. And Howard says, my wife and kid left me before the apocalypse. And he goes on to tell a story about how he he was an historian in Texas. And he claimed to have discovered the second part of a very famous letter. And he became a celebrity. And then they found out he forged it. And his wife left him because, yeah, his wife left him because she felt he cared more about making history and being famous than taking care of his own family. Howard says his goal is to find his family and show him all this history that he gathered, all these artifacts, and all the things he's achieved at the tower. It's my legacy, and that, and that, and then that's how I show compassion. I want to bring my family here. So what Howard's saying is, his wife and daughter, his wife and kid, his son, left him. At this point, like, years ago? Yeah, that's what it seemed like. Before the apocalypse, three, four years ago, whatever it's been in Walking Dead timeline. He has no clue where they went. Nuclear bombs dropped on the area. And he still thinks not only are they alive, but they'd want to find him in a miscellaneous tower when they didn't want to be near him in the first place. I don't think so. So that's not, that's not smart planning. Anyway, a few guards come into the, to the, uh, Howard's office and say, look, we've searched a, fi- a five mile radius and the whole tower, we can't find the baby. Howard says, well, search the tower again, damn it. And John says, let me ask you a question. How do you feel about all the people you threw off the roof? And he says, my family finds the tower. It will all be worth it. I get that. I mean, worth it to you. But that's, what, what does your family say if they find out you're the... Yeah, and, you've and, killed all these people. And then what do you tell Strand when your family arrives? I no longer throw people off the roof? Yeah, exactly. I, I'm not going to follow your orders anymore. What are you going to say? Right. Idiot. All right. I, I'm all frustrated. Jamie, uh, I got to take a break. 
What uh, okay. what I what ID do you want to hear? How about Emily Kinney? Oh, Emily Kinney. Beth. I play Beth on The Walking Dead. <laughs> All right, noble noble choice. Here you go. Here's Beth. We'll be right back. Hi, this is Emily Kinney, Beth on The Walking Dead, and you're listening to David Brody and Jamie on the Walkers and Talkers podcast. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, did you enjoy your Beth? I did. She's so sweet. Good. That's a lie. You didn't hear it because I didn't play it. <laughs> but- <laughs> well, I never remember what it sounds like. <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. Okay, so June is in the basement killing walkers that are barricaded with sandbags. That is an opening to the basement where walkers can easily come in and they barricaded it with a four-foot-high wall of sandbags. That doesn't seem like the best they could have done. They could have probably done better than that. I think they could have done better. John comes down and finds her and he says he knew she was there because it gets muddy down there when it rains and she was tracking mud across the room. He hears a baby crying in a box nearby. Did you notice they put the baby in a box? Yeah, like how about some ventilation, yeah. some air holes, something. Good no, Lord. Nobody puts baby in the box. <laughs> they do. <laughs> By the way, and this is this is nothing dramatic. It's I, I just it's something I've noticed as I went back and looked. Have you noticed the baby really looks nothing like its parents? Yeah, I, I don't. All even, right, that's it. That's I all. I remember the mom. I don't even remember her. Uh, this kid has been passed around. <laughs> yeah, I just I don't think it. I just the baby doesn't seem to look like the parents. That's all. It just seems like strange casting. I feel like it's like somebody who works on the show wanted their kid in the show. They wanted their kid in the show. <laughs> yeah. All right. John finds a bag with supplies, including a football helmet and a mask. This is the gear that Aisha Tyler wore. Wrestling. Right, right. That w- and the football mask and the whole thing. June says, "I'm going to wear this getup because it worked the last time." And John, John says, looks at the water starting to rot, build up behind the walkers. The rain's coming down, and so June says, "Look, Morgan's not far away. He's ready to take the baby, and I have to do it tonight." Well, why do you have to do it tonight? But she has to do it tonight. Coincidence, timing, bullshit. As they're standing there, a flood of water comes in behind the walkers. And knocks the waters down, knocks the sand sandbag barricade down, knocks the a gate down on June and John. The gate traps June. John gets up and goes to shoot a walker with his his old gun. And the walker knows how to disarm him like a karate expert. Seriously, knock the gun right out of his hand. Come on now. The walkers move like really slowly, and he's like, Yeah! <laughs> the man is a trained police officer, and he yeah! A <laughs> dead guy. And yeah, and the, he knocked the gun out of John's hand into the water where you're not going to be able to find it. The water is muddy, dirty water. Oh, murky and dirty. You can't see your own foot. Now, you would think he won't be able to find it, but oh, no. It wasn't difficult. 
Oh, contraire. <laughs> Actually, it was super easy. Barely an inconvenience. <laughs> now, if you know what that means, please tweet me. All right. So he uses the gate to push all the walkers down, and it fits perfectly over the alcove where the baby is. So they're able to use the part of the gate to lock themselves in, and it's up a step so the walkers can't get them. All very convenient. Yeah. But the gate isn't attached, right? The gate is leaning against the alcove, and yeah. neither of them is holding the gate up. So the walkers are banging against it, but it doesn't fall. Isn't that amazing? And they, they can reach right through. Yeah, they can reach right through. Like when uh, Arno was in the cage, they reached right through and ate him up. Oh. They bit his legs. Right? They were able to grab oh, that was him. so awful. They were able to grab him and make his legs stick out. But these walkers don't reach over and grab them at all. They don't do anything. They're just like, ah, I can't get past ah. the fence. What are you going to do? I guess we're just going to keep circling around. They walk. They have no, um, no work ethic, these walkers. <laughs> John takes the baby out of the box and says, we got to head towards the elevators. And she says, what are you talking about? I, 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 you know, I'm going to go bring the baby to, to Morgan. And he says, I'm going to cement my legacy. We have to protect this baby. Now he wants his legacy. So Everybody chasing these legacies. He says, Ego. you get to the elevator. I got to get to my gun and clear some of them out. And June says, you came down here to help me or, or yourself? And he says, no, I came down here to help the baby. And then he sings two lines of Sonny Boy to the baby that his son used to like. And then it's like, it, then it's weird. Now he's like treating the baby like it's his son. Meanwhile, the baby- Thank you for saying that. I thought it was so weird. Then it took a turn. In the rest of the episode, it's like, it's his child. He became like, you know, on these TV shows where the crazy woman kidnaps someone else's baby? <laughs> yes, or, or, exactly. Or remember when the, when, the, when the crazy lady actually kidnapped the baby from Morgan and Grace in the car, right? The woman thought it was her baby? Yep. When they drove into town. Like, that's a classic, like, uh, uh, symptom of a mother Everybody who's a child. Everybody wants this baby. Right, it's the greatest baby ever. He's like, I have to protect this baby. What did, you didn't care about the baby all this time? You didn't try to rescue the baby and get it to you Morgan? You don't even know the baby. Yeah, yeah. The boy, it's, it's Morgan's baby, Grace's baby. It's not your baby. He's like, I'm going <laughs> to do for this baby what I couldn't do for my own son. Oh, Lord. Uh, all right. You know what? Your son's still dead. Well, it's not going to help anybody. Anyway, John says, we have to get this baby upstairs. He has a chance at a good life here with the tower and Victor. And June says, that's eh, crazy. And John says, it has to work. I put all of this in motion. I planted the walkie on in Howard's room. So now he cracks like an egg. Everyone's cracking. <laughs> what I don't understand is, why would you yell that if you don't know who could be at the top of the steps at any moment? Seriously. Because as it ha- turns out, 30 seconds later, they show up, right? So why, wouldn't, why would you yell, I planted the walkie that loud? So loud. So loud. So... June says, you're doing it again. Like when you planted evidence to catch Teddy, he says, I abandoned my son. I won't let that happen again. I won't let that happen to this kid. Look what happened to Charlie. So John says, I'm going to get through the walkers and he's holding the baby and trying to find his gun in the water. So he runs in. June puts on the football gear uh, and John's going to go run into the water, carrying the baby and look for his gun. So that's the plan. John's going to run into the walkers with the with the baby on his while he's holding the baby, and with his other hand reach into into dirty water and I hope can't. he can hope he can find a gun. I, oh, and he found it. Yeah, oh, there it is. Oh, in, in, the, got di- it, guys. in the dirty water. Ah, oh, there it is. <laughs> so the plan doesn't work. He finds the gun. He's almost out of bullets. He shoots everyone like a bunch of them. He has one bullet left. And at that point, I said, "Oh, he's got one bullet left. He's either going to kill himself. Or he's going to he's going to he's going to." 
someone's going to die with that one. There's a reason why yes, he made it a point left. to say there's one bullet left, right? There's, there's a reason. Mm-hmm. As it yes. turns out, well, I'll, I'll tell you later what it turns out. So <laughs> miraculously, June is able to push off seven or eight walkers with her armor. She's just pushing them off, pushing them off. And she tells him to run. Now, I don't know why the walkers um, didn't like try to reach into her football helmet to scratch her face or whatever. Oh, yeah. But John refuses to run down the hallway to safety. Mm. And then before, and then a minute later, there's walkers in the hallway. So he wouldn't have gotten away anyway. I don't know how there's walkers in the getaway hallway, but there's walkers in the getaway hallway. Now they're all coming in. They run back behind the gate, and there's a call box there uh, to, to call whoever. And he tells June, call whoever, whoever's been helping you to come help us. I want to protect Mo because she won't survive outside. I don't want her to end up like Charlie. And then says, look, uh, I don't want to end up like me. I don't have a, a, a lot of time left. And he lifts up his shirt and he's got radiation burns on his abdomen. Mm. At some point he says he got the radiation when he went looking for Charlie. When Charlie went looking for ele- uh, elevator parts. Yep. That he must have gotten too close to her, an irradiated walker. So June calls on the thing for Grace to come help. Uh, hey, Grace, we're down here. Come help me. And then a, a while goes by. Nobody shows up. And he says, look, I must. Uh, he says, um. June says, I don't know how much time you have left. And he's like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how bad this is, but I, I'm definitely dying. Strand and Howard show up and shoot the walkers that are blocking June and uh, John. And they say, look, we stopped Grace in the elevator because it was obvious she, she wasn't supposed to be there. We didn't know where she was going. And we found out she was coming here. And Howard says, looks like we caught the resistance. So at that point, did you think they were going to arrest both of them? I did. I thought, oh, shit, John is caught red-handed, but not really. So Howard hears the baby crying, and he goes and he takes the baby out of the, out of the box. My thought was, they needed help, right? They were trapped? Yeah. Why would you call Grace if your plan was to go back upstairs? Why wouldn't you call Strand and say, hey, we found the baby in the basement. June and I found the baby, but now we're trapped. But we exactly. Don't know- That's what you say. They're, they don't think anything. They're the dumbest people. So June has that look on her face like, oh, fuck, I'm busted. It's explicit. And, and John's like, John looked guilty also. Like John could have said, oh, I found the baby. Or, yeah, oh, looks or, so guilty. Or, or we found the baby. Thank God you're here. We found the baby down here. The walkers were here. We fought our way through the walkers. Howard says, look, I told you I would find her. And Strand says, no, you didn't. He found her. Meaning, Strand, uh, meaning John. Uh, John. He but, looks so dejected, burned. But technically, John found the baby because he found June with the baby. Exactly. But Howard found the baby because he found them. And he found, he, they caught Grace. Right. Now, technically, if John brought the baby back upstairs, Howard wasn't needed. But he did, to Strand's mind, a normal person, he did find the baby. Yeah. They all leave John and June in the basement. They take the baby and they leave. So at this point, I don't know if he's just happy to have the baby back or he's convinced they're the ones who kidnapped her and he'll deal with them later. We don't know. So cut to Strand on the roof with John and Howard who have their backs to the the ledge of the building. Which, by the way, why would you ever stand by the ledge of the building? Never. Not, Not with them around. And Strand gives them a speech about civilization standing and people having to be unified. And Howard says, hey man, look, I've been with you since the beginning. And John says... I believe in this place just as much as he does. I think this is the best place for the child to have a chance to survive. 
And Strand says, if you truly believe in this place, John, push Howard over the roof. And Howard says, we had a deal. What are you talking about? I found the baby. And Strand says, I said I would spare you if you found the baby and you didn't. Okay. God. Okay, but you haven't proven he's a traitor. He could still be loyal to you even though he didn't find the baby. Yeah. Howard says, I don't deserve this. And John says, he's right. He doesn't deserve this. I planted the walkies. So at that point, Jamie, did you think he was going over? Like, did you, th- I, did you think he was taking the blame for the walkie because Howard has a family, he felt bad, and he knows he's dying anyway? I think he just wanted to confess and he knew he was dying anyway, but I thought they were going to push John off the wall. That's what I'm saying. I think John was trying to save Howard's life. The strand is so unhinged. <laughs> yeah, but I, I think what I'm saying is I think John felt bad for Howard a little bit that he was innocent, but also because he knows he thought at the time Howard had a wife and a kid and he doesn't, yeah. he, he didn't, he's done a lot of bad things, but he doesn't deserve to die now. Not now. So I thought John, knowing John was going to die, he was going to let him throw him over the roof. By the way, even if I'm dying from radiation poisoning, I don't want to get thrown off a roof, crack my skull open or break bones. Oh. And then get eaten by a walker. That's Maybe not die, like, until they eat you. Yeah, like a couple other people on the show. Yeah. Strand says, you did that? You planted the walkies just to gain audience with me? That shows you really are invested. Like, oh, When I heard that, I'm like, oh, my God. Like, that's a mafia thing, like, on The Sopranos. You're like, yeah. You killed my cousin to get my attention? Wow, I'm impressed. Wow, here's my attention, all of it. He says, I like that. I like that a lot but you still need to do the other thing I asked you to do. In other words, throw Howard off the roof. Mm. And John says, I won't do it. Especially since now you know Howard didn't do anything wrong. Yeah, he didn't. What did he do now? And why would anyone trust Strand as a leader if your most loyal guy didn't do anything? You just proved he didn't do anything. You wanted proof. He just told you I planted the walkie. And you're going to throw him over the roof anyway. What did he do? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. So John says, I won't do it. And Strand says, all right, then I'll bring Grace up here or and June, and we'll throw them off the roof. So John okay. grabs Howard, and, and Howard says, no, John, please don't. And he says, I'm sorry, Howard, but you did a lot worse to people for far less. And he throws them over the side. Oh, there you, boom. And so here's where I'm, con- uh, uh, as a contradiction. If you're trying to save his life by saying you planted the walkie-talkie, why would you then eagerly throw him over the roof and say, <laughs> you've done a lot worse for less? You know, he, has a, to, he has to still, I guess he can't break his uh, pattern of Strand. Like he has to show him, listen, I'm on your side. And I did do this to gain an audience with you. Yeah, but he didn't know Strand would react that way. He didn't know Strand would say, oh, I like that you planted the walkie. He had no way of knowing that. Anyway, yeah. Strand says, it's just as well that you threw him over the side. His family would never have found this place. And John says, why is that? My God. And Strand says, because we found them months ago. They had turned, oh. they had already turned way before we found them. And so he says, well, why didn't you tell him that? He says, because it kept him motivated to help me build this place, hoping his family would show up. And it worked until, until today. He's sick. And Strand says to him, well, you can have Howard's apartment. So then Strand says to John, was it you, John, that said you're only as good as your partner? Well, here's to a great partnership. So now he's using John's own words against him to say like, you're my new partner. How great mm. is this? And, and so, I, so this, this is what I wrote. John looks like he wants to vomit. <laughs> it does. The, the next scene, the next scene, he's vomiting. <laughs> yes. 
But I, you, I did you write that? I did. I, I yeah, I didn't write that in the script. No. Now I think he was vomiting from the radiation. Yes, yes. yes. But I, I thought he looked like he wanted to vomit because he can't believe what he did. Like he got in bed with a with a crazy man, and he he's been watching people die in hopes of being able to convince Victor to hmm. to do to to run the place a better way. All right, we're gonna talk about how well that plan worked and a major <laughs> major mistake by John. Uh, two major mistakes by John right after this. Hey now, what is going on, beautiful people? My name is Sebastian Salzi, a.k.a. Mips. I play Cole on Fear the Walking Dead. And you were listening to my pals David Brody and Jamie on the Walkers and Talkers podcast. Peace and love, everybody. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. All right. John sits down in Howard's chair, which is now his chair. And it happens to be right near the picture of Howard and his family and mm-hmm. the bottle of liquor Howard was drinking out of before that he said that, that, uh, that John said no to earlier in the episode. He said, I don't drink that stuff. Needless to say, John drinks a lot of the bottle of liquor. Went to town. How was he conscious? <laughs> well, he's a professional drinker. Oh, man. Strand comes in with the baby. He puts a record on the record player and he makes it really loud so no one can hear them talk. He says, there's going to be some changes around here. And John, because he's an idiot, like his son who is dumb as a brick, gets excited and says, oh, you're going to listen to some of the changes I suggested? And Strand says, no. I know Grace and June were in on this whole thing. I'm going to take sole custody of Mo and raise her in the penthouse by myself. Oh my God, all these people want this baby. Yeah. So now he's going to take it away from its, well, Grace is not really the mother, but she was raising it as... Pseudo-mother, yeah. Yeah, pseudo-mother. So John says, then what's my role? Well, I don't know why what's my role is a question. It had nothing to do with the baby. Why would his role change? You're the right-hand guy. You throw people off the roof. That's your role. Yeah. I don't know why he would ask then, wait a minute, you're taking the baby, then what's my role? His role had nothing to do with the baby. Now it does, because he says, your job's to make sure no one takes the baby. Oh, so I just thought that was weird that he said, well, what's my role, right? It didn't make any sense. You know what your role is. You do what Howard did. Exactly. You're the new Howard, John. So we already know John thinks he's dying and wants to protect the baby. And we also know he's drunk. At this point, I'm not sure why he doesn't just kill Strand. Okay, that's what I wrote at the time. John says, whatever you do, you'll never get what you want from that baby. The love, the respect. You'll only push her away. How does he know what the baby's going to do when it gets older? What if the baby grows up to be a demented sociopath, narcissist, like Strand? <laughs> Everyone has plans for this child as it grows older. This is like the ninth Yeah, and John, and John knows what's going to happen with the, how the child's going to grow. Oh, come on now. Strand says, oh, you're an expert. What happened with you and your son? Like, you're going to give advice? Yeah. So 
So John says, that's what I'm trying to get through to you. But if, if you really wanted the baby to love you, then let me help you change how you do things in the tower. Like, let me make you a better person. Strand says, if I wanted your counsel, I would ask. And then oh. for some reason, he turns his back on John. Why would you turn your back? Yeah, I thought that too. Like, don't you don't turn around? You, I know you think he's loyal, but why would you turn your back on anyone? First of all, you're in a room talking to the guy. So why would you stare out the window like a power move? Like to look out onto the what? There's nothing out there to look out onto. Why would you look out the window? There's nothing there. Mm. So John says, you were never going to listen to my ideas for you, were you? And Strand says, it's what I told you. Everyone needs something to motivate them. See, now, once you say that, you no longer have any reason to motivate John. Wouldn't you just say, yes, I, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm contemplating your ideas and I may put some of them in. At least string them along a little further. He says, what you did today, John, will long outlive you. It will, it will be a legacy. His legacy that he threw Howard off the roof mm. and that he found the baby. John pulls his gun, the one that has one bullet left, and points it at Victor's head. So at that point, I'm thinking, all right, you got the one bullet. Let's do this. But then That's I thought, what I thought. I'm like, let's do this thing. But then I thought, you can't kill Strand because the next three episodes are the big war. The big war that we're waiting for. That Madison's going to show up at some point. That maybe mm. Madison, maybe Madison kills Strand. I think like maybe that would be a good way to, to get rid of Strand if Madison kills him. Mm. Although I'm pretty sure Alicia's dying this season. I'll tell you why. I think she's done with the show. She's barely on the show. They've made her to be an idiot. And she just got a job as the lead in a show on Hulu. Oh. I think they know she's leaving. And they and and they have to bring in Madison's salary. And that's why they get rid of John. And they don't want to have Charlie around because Madison will find out that she killed Nick. So they'll get rid of her too. And I think they're just clearing the way. And I think Alicia's done for. I think she's not going to survive the war. I don't think she's, I don't think she's Walker bitten. I just think she's going to die either right before Madison shows up or right after, which is why I think, as I said before, I think, I think that's why they're both on the finale of fear the walking dead. But they they are clearing house and I want the rabbi back. Clearing house. Bring the rabbi back. (laughs) Yeah. Where is he? John, instead of shooting him, knocks him in the back of the head, knocks him out with the gun. I guess he's an expert on where to hit a guy in the back of the head to knock them out. He would, that'll give it to him. He, he would know where to hit you. Yeah. So John says, this isn't my legacy. The baby is. Okay. What? Yeah. What? Okay. <laughs> it's if, if, not your child. <laughs> I know, I know that John is a former police officer and doesn't want to kill people if he doesn't have to, but he just killed Howard for a reason, right? He just watched all those people go over the roof because his, yeah. goal, his goal was what? To get on, on, on his good side, to get close to Strand. At that point, why wouldn't you shoot Strand? Because you already know he's a prick. You already know he's not going to change the way he does things. And even if you escape with the baby, he's going to kill Grace in June. Yeah, he's a bad guy. Yeah, you already told you he's going to kill Grace in June. And if you steal the baby, he's absolutely going to kill Grace. It's over. Yeah, so I, I didn't make any sense to me. So he takes the walkie from Strand and calls Morgan. Somehow Morgan is on the same walkie-talkie frequency. I'm sorry. Somehow this walkie-talkie that Strand has is set to the same frequency that Morgan is on already. He's like, hey, Morgan, you still out there? <laughs> so he confirms Morgan is right outside the walls, which again, if anyone's listening, that's, you don't want anybody to know that. He says, I'm bringing the baby to you, Morgan. He takes a lot of Howard's artifacts, his armor, his boxing gloves, his war helmet, and he puts it on himself to keep him safe. 
But did you notice his shoulders were exposed? His face was exposed. Everything. His arms. Oh. Like, why wouldn't you wear the, the football gear that completely covered and protected you? You would think. And if you're, if you're that covered, uncovered, why would you go out there and risk yourself? I know you're dying, but I, I just, I didn't understand. Like, did he know he just wanted to protect himself enough to make it through the crowd? Probably just to, enough to get himself to the other side to hand off Mo. Yeah. I, okay. So Wendell says, "Why don't you? Why don't you cut open a Walker and spread the Walker guts on you to keep you safe, and then just walk out there?" And he says, "Oh, there's no time for that. Why? How long does it take to cut a Walker up and throw the guts on yourself? Two minutes." <laughs> and then he says, "And Mo wouldn't survive. Mo wouldn't survive. What? What are you talking about? You have Mo under a metal baby Bjorn." You put the, the blood on your <laughs> arms and your face so the walkers don't bother you and you walk through the crowd. So that was, see, that was writing. That was partially good writing. They wanted to explain why he didn't put the blood on the walker guts because what would we do, Jamie? would say, why wouldn't you put the walker guts on, right? Exactly, but we knew. So they have Wendell ask about it so that John can tell you why he's not doing it. But then they don't have a good reason for it. What, what they could have said was, these walkers have radiation poisoning and I don't want to put the irradiated blood on me and get it near Mo. That's what he should have said. They left that out. That's what you should have said. Oh, uh, there's no time for that is a stupid reason. Oh, Hey, you could save your life. Eh, There's no time for that. Nobody's got time for that. Yeah. You know, and and wouldn't you have planned ahead? Why wouldn't they have already, while he was getting the baby, you know, when he called everyone to come down there, what, they got Wendell in a wheelchair down there. Seriously. I'm, somebody could have killed a walker and got some blood on the man. <laughs> All right. So I said, he's definitely going to die as he's giving the baby off. There's no way he's surviving it. Oh, 100%. Strand is unconscious. And I'm not sure where all the security guards are unless John sent them away since John's now in charge. Right? Like, there's no security guards down there. He must have said, look, I'm the number two guy now. He says to June, Thank you for teaching me and reminding me that it's never too late to change. And I said, oh, he's definitely going to die. He's becoming more the moral compass. He's, he's, he's learned a life lesson. Uh, once you learn the life lesson, you go. Right. Now, here's my second question. He's got the armor. The football armor is not being used, right? Why no. wouldn't June put the football armor on Grace? Mm-hmm. And let Grace True. leave with the baby. Why doesn't and Grace... go back to Morgan. Why doesn't Grace want to escape? Yeah, you're right. And the last time they showed us, there was thousands of walkers out there. So you're telling me that the side of the building you're leaving is only maybe 100? I was going to say, it dwindled down quite a bit. Now, of all the people to go into John slash Howard's apartment, Wes goes in the apartment for no reason. Why would Wes be in Howard slash John's apartment to find Strand on the ground? Why would he be Uh, there? There's no reason. The only reason that he's there is so that he can say, I'm the guy who saved you. And I saved you, exactly. And then follow him to the roof and then ask him later to be his right-hand man. Otherwise, why would Wes wake him up? He'd be no reason for Wes to be there. Wes doesn't have the... Wes has been there two days. He wouldn't have the balls. Yeah. He wouldn't have the balls to go into that apartment. No. I, it doesn't make any sense to me. And I think that's a, that's a fair point. I'm allowed to call bullshit on that. Absolutely. Wes tells him the tower is flooded. There's no way out of the tower. And Strand says, he sees all the armor and protective gear is missing from the wall. And he says, nope, there's one way out. 
The uh, the walkers outside all have radiation, and John is pushing his way through with his arms exposed, like we talked about. His face mm-hmm. completely exposed. He's wearing a helmet. He's wearing a metal World War One helmet that only covers the top of his head. Mm. There's nothing on his face. What are you doing? You're protecting the top <laughs> of your head. This is nuts. You're protecting the. Well, first of all, walkers can't bite your head. They can't bite into your skull. I mean, they can bite your skin a little bit, but the helmet's not really going to protect much. Then he puts the cassette on. Grace convinced him to sing into the cassette recorder. So he's playing himself singing in his chest protector. The noise is attracting more walkers to him because he's playing music of himself singing. Exactly. Oh my God. Seriously. Now, of the thousands of walkers outside, the same way that Alicia saw her old friend, Howard, John sees Howard crawling on the ground as a walker. Oh, that was gross. Oh. But of oh, there's a thousand walkers out there. And again, and that's when he sees how many sides to the building are there. You happen to go out one corner of the building and Howard just happens to be there. Crawling. <laughs> John is being overwhelmed by the walkers, but he's pushing through very slowly. Very slowly. He's pushing. I'm pushing. There's a hundred walkers in his way. He's pushing his way through, pushing his way through. Wes sees him in the crowd. He sees John and Strand says he wanted to be my partner. Make this place a better place. But look at him now. So then Wes says, are you looking for a new partner? And Strand says, huh, you know what? Go get me the old antenna from storage. And Wes goes to the storage to get the old antenna. How does Wes know where the storage is? That is the first thing I thought. I thought you just came here. How the hell do you know where the storage is? Did he give him a tour? And why would he give him a tour if, if, if the guy, you don't a, know if you could trust him yet. Yeah. You didn't think you could trust, um, what's her face, Charlie, but now you automatically trust Wes and you're going to let him go by himself to the storage room <laughs> through the, through the place alone. Oh my Lord. He says, I'm going to help you bring Morgan down on the phone. They're like, Oh, okay. We believe you. So Morgan is at the call box on that little podium. So he's raised up and, and he's safe and he's staring. He has the stick with him, his weapon. He's staring at John senior struggling to get through. It was really sad. And Morgan isn't helping him. Morgan just stood there. Morgan could have gone down, stabbed four or five walkers, grabbed the baby, pulled him to safety and ran back up on the call box tower. Exactly. But instead he's like, come on, man. You, you almost there. Come on. I've got faith in you. Uh, You the man. Okay. John is overwhelmed by the walkers and he's just about to collapse. The whole time I'm thinking, you're just so stupid. If he would have fallen down forward, he would have crushed the baby. Uh, exactly. And if he falls backwards, they're eventually going to get in there and rip the baby apart. He's dead. And she is dead. So it's, it was awfully stupid. Awfully stupid. The guards come and arrest Wendell, John, and June. I'm sorry. The, the guards come and arrest Wendell, June, and Grace, who were just standing there like idiots watching John that's what I was saying. I'm saying, get back in the tower. Go about your duties. Act like this didn't happen. Let's all, you're not all supposed to stand at the gate and watch him. Right. If you leave fast enough, maybe leave. When, they, when they come down looking for John, they won't see him in the middle of the pack. Exactly. <sighs> Strand makes, it, makes a threatening message over the antenna because he's now broadcasting his signal. Why would they take the antenna off the tower? Wouldn't they leave it up, up on the roof? Does, it doesn't, it doesn't make sense. He tells Morgan... The war has just begun and that he has his people in the tower. And if Morgan cares about those people, he better not set one foot in the tower or I will kill Grace in June. Okay, I have a question. 
John shows Morgan, by the way, that he's been bitten on the shoulder and uh, he, he's, he can't make it. So John says, I'll, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to buy you some time. I'm going to buy you some time. Okay, a couple things. The walkers walk really slowly. They could have outrun them. John didn't have a bad leg. No, and Morgan could have outrun them. So John walks into the herd of walkers. Ten of them surround him. And the other a thousand just stop and don't go after Morgan. Uh, but, but it's not like they all went towards John. Once John no, was, they didn't. Right, so you didn't buy him any time. I'm going to buy you time. What did you do? You stopped ten walkers out of a thousand. And the rest of them were like, oh, he's going to stand here. And Morgan walked away with the baby. So here's my question to you, Jamie, my co-host, Jamie, <laughs> from Light FM in New York. Strand says to Morgan, now, he says to Morgan, I'm going to repeat what I said. Morgan, if you set one foot in this tower, I'm going to kill Grace and June. Right? Mm-hmm. First of all, Strand should have said, you stole the baby, I'm killing Grace right now. Second, That second, would have made it give him back. Second of all, you've just spent the entire episode talking about how that baby is your legacy. You want nothing more than that baby. That baby's the most important thing in the world to you. Yep. So why don't you tell Morgan, bring the baby back, or I throw Grace and June off the roof. And I'll let you hear it. Yep. Bring the baby back. Leave the baby on the, uh, by, the call, oh, by the call box. But no. He says, uh, all right. He changes the rules. All right, Morgan. Um, don't come back. But... <gasps> But if you do come if back, you do. I'll kill them. So the last thing I want you to do is come back. But it, it's the first thing you want him to do. Come back. Because that's what he wants more than anything. The writing on this. I wish I could be there when they write the thing where I could just sit there with my, my, uh, my bagel and just say, what are you talking about? <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> Seriously, this, um, God forgive me, the last half of the season is really bad. Yeah, but every, every season so far, the second half of the season has been bad. Oh, man. Okay. Uh, uh. All right, scenes from the next episode. Alicia and Morgan are talking about invading the tower. Alicia says, our people aren't ready. Morgan says, it's going to be unguarded for a little while. We've got to move now. Dwight and Sherry are inflating a raft. Luciana's there for some reason. She's still alive. Bad stuff, hap- <laughs> bad stuff happens. Dirt falls. There's explosions. Whatever. And I said to myself, and I, I wrote it down, anything that happens at this point that's bad, anyone Strand kills, anyone that dies in the war, it's John's fault. Hmm. Because John could have killed Strand and ended this and be done with it. He had the golden opportunity moment, and he just ran away. What was the purpose of leaving Strand alive if you know he's an evil son of a bitch? And it's you know... A- and you, exactly. And you knew when you, when you, if you escaped with baby Mo, he was going to kill Grace in June. Yeah. And you had one bullet. Come on, John. Unbelievable. He had the one bullet to kill. And he just, maybe they should do like fear the walking dead, eight episodes and call it a day. I, I, uh, I'm not going to disagree with you on that. Yeah, I think when I said to you, did you enjoy the episode? You should have said, I enjoyed the first half, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. That's about right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm out of breath, and I don't, I don't know if people are, are tired of me uh, uh, finding fault with the show, but everyone on Twitter seems to agree with me, So and, and you. So uh, yeah. hopefully we're doing the Lord's the work. The people. For the people. The That's, Lord's work. The Lord's work. <laughs> for, for, for the people. For the people. All right. Uh, Jamie, I, I think it's time. I'm out of breath. I think it's time. What time is it? Have a happy birthday, Jamie. It's time Jamie. to shut this shit down. All right, but you didn't hear what I said. 
I said, oh, it's, I it's, it's, it's time for you to have a happy birthday. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, but let's try that again. That I'm was delirious. Good. You are. Well, happy, happy uh, 63rd birthday. Oh, they, am I that old already? Wow. Time flies. Well, you, you don't look a day over 50, so that's good. Oh, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, by the way, real quick, you, met, you, you didn't get to meet Norman Reedus really, right? Oh, yes. I didn't tell you guys. You went so to a bookstore. Yeah, so bookends in Richmond, New Jersey. I went on Monday, May 9th, and Norman has a new book out called The Ravage. And unfortunately, we didn't get to, so the bookstore is a little strict. So Norman's very cool, but the bookstore did not let us take photos with him, and he was not allowed to put our name in the book. And we had to put our phones away after we got to like a certain point in the line. But when I did go up to him, I said, I was like, oh, it's so nice to see you again. He goes, again, he goes, where did we meet? And I said, your art show. He goes, oh, in the city. And then my mom said, yeah, and you gave her your umbrella in the rain. He goes, I remember that night. And then I introduced him to my mom. He signed her book. And then we had to leave. So it was, he's always gracious and kind as always. But unfortunately, it, there was not an opportunity to get a picture with him. Yeah. Also, if when he said to you, where have I met you before? Had you truthfully answered that? The line would have backed up out onto the street. Okay, it was my sixth time meeting him. Oh, full disclosure. <laughs> yeah, full disclosure. That's right. <laughs> I, I've I've only met him twice, right? Yeah, twice. Once at the the convention with you, and in L.A. No, then three. three. Oh, then where was the other one? At Jingle Ball. I said that backstage. Oh, that's Ball. right. I I did meet him at that one. You met him there. Yes. Yeah. 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 Okay. All right. Very good. So uh, you're all, you're catching up. No, I'm not. You met him again. You, you're distancing from me. You was five three. Hey, Jamie, you're not very That's good. Six three. You're not very good at math. Wait a minute. I had Wait, fi- catch it up a little bit. I was leading you by two. Now I'm leading you by three. Brody, you're gaining on me. <laughs> yes, in, in reverse world. Yes. Yes. If this was golf, I'd be winning. I have a lower score. <laughs> that that is true. That is true. All right, Jamie. Now, do you know what time it is? What time is it? It's time, time to, to shut, shut this, this shit, shit down. down. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.